Do I look okay? You look a bit frizzy. Is it humid there? <sighs> no. My I just can't get a haircut and I'm dying for a haircut. Mm. When does um, that um reopen? Nobody knows. Nobody knows? There's no nobody knows. I've considered shaving my head. Oof. That's that's a that's a jump. <sighs> I'm there though. Do you think that it's a slippery slope? Because once you shave your head, how many people go back to a regular longer length sort of salon or barber routine, right? It tends to be like that. that's then your direction for the next year or two. And I understand wanting to do like now, it's like, yeah, look, it's straggly. It looks oily. It's gross. I don't like touching it. People recoil when they well, see me. No, no one said they, no one, you know, all okay. of those kind of messages that come through birds try and land in it. You know, when you go to the supermarket, some of the produce on the shelves wilts. I get it. But no, do you think that this is a two year commitment you're willing to make? That's not a two year commitment. What are you talking about? It's a six it's the three to four month commitment. So after three to four months you're gonna be like, Okay, I'm sick of shaving my head, I'm growing it back. Or you think this is a one and done. You're gonna shave once and that's it. I've shaved my head a couple of times and and I'm just grown up I've just gone back to normal. Straight slowly. away. Straight away. You're like I've shaved yeah. once and that's it. Well, I mean it it's not straight away in that it happens very gradually. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand conceptually, but you're this is this is a one you're taking a pit stop on the long hair highway and you're yeah, after you've had your nap and you shot a V, you you're pulling right back out onto the road. Yeah. I I think that would be the that'd be the plan. Like I think I'd probably go a number number two, but okay. the problem with a shaved head with me, like first of all, you got to have a good shaped head. Yeah. Which I don't. I'm not convinced that I do. And yeah. also the the big factor, the elephant in the room, the pilking. No pun factor. intended. Is the nose, and the nose. If I if I shave my head down to a ball. And I still have the pointy triangle nose. Mm. It's Mr. Squiggle. That's that's the <laughs> yeah. definition of Mr. Squiggle. Yeah. I think so, you'd look a little bit Pilkington. You'd look a little bit, I don't know, less joy de vivre. You know, less, less, you'd look a little bit like you'd given up. That's my concern. That's why I'm, that's why I'm, that's why I'm just making the case for enduring what you have. Well, that's, I feel like I've given, like, I feel like I look like I've given up with, when in fact, with my hair at the moment, when in fact, I've done the opposite of given up. I've given, what's the opposite of given up? Given in. Given, given down. <laughs> taken, <laughs> taken, taking down. You've taken it down. I've taken You've it down. You've been taking it down for months now and you're ready to give it up. I'm taking life down. Life is, life is my bitch. <laughs> I'm bringing life down, down with me. I'm taking <laughs> Taking it downtown. Yeah. Uh, who knows? I'm probably not going to shave it. Okay. Don't know why I brought it up. <laughs> Just uh, concern, perhaps. You know, you you wanted to check in with a friend and see what they thought. And I've been able to yeah. convince you very effectively in the space of what, at my current count, is four minutes and 37 seconds. Well, I did. T- I just said I was thinking about it. Okay. It's, you, you, you know, it's a thing. It's pretty into it at the start. 
I love the idea of it and I'm a spontaneous guy, man. Like, you know this. I'm a yeah, spontaneous, I'm things. a passionate, I'm an impulsive uh, little Lover. fairy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Same thing. Um, <laughs> and I like the idea of just going, fuck it, vah, you know, yeah. and just doing it. And that's what I do with my facial hair. That's what I do with, you know, my my dating life. You know, I just, Grocery I just say, fuck it. And then I deal with the consequences later. Grocery shopping, exactly. All that good stuff. Yeah. Well, keep us updated, you know. Maybe every yeah. day just you, give us a two to four minute um, Instagram update about what you think about your hair. And everyone at home can play along and, and, and keep keep on top of things. Well, you, you guys will be, and by you guys, I mean you and the other guy listening, will be <laughs> the first to know because, you know, I'm talking about hair probably 80% of the time on this podcast, I would say. It should be called <laughs> hair, hair fort or something. <laughs> we can workshop it better. We can come up with something better than hair fort. <laughs> let's try and come but up with... to be honest, we couldn't come, come up with anything better than deep fort, so maybe, maybe not. Let's try and come up with like a hair-related... You want a hair-related podcast name? Like, but there's got to be a play on deep foot, I guess. Oh, a deep foot hair, hair pun. Maybe like um, deep, deep do, because hair deep do do. <laughs> I love deep do do. <laughs> Great, sorted, <laughs> done. I haven't worn jeans in two months. <laughs> Welcome to Deep Four, everyone. Let's get into it, right? Um, this is a podcast. It's actually episode 167, if you can believe it. Two thirds of the way to the next wow. century. Um, and we talk about the world, and we talk about each other, and we talk about you. Mark. No, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Let's see if Could anyone was, we'll see what comes up. Uh, sitting through the internet with me this week, Michael. Hey. Pew pew. Doing the guns. Okay. Pew pew pew. An audio podcast. And I'm Nick. My name's Nick. Hi. Hi, Nick. Now, Nick, uh, are you. How are you going? <laughs> I read a book on how to be <laughs> how to have a better a conversation. friend. <laughs> how to be a better friend for dummies. Yeah. Um, and that was... Nick, I didn't get past are the first you, page, but that How's was it going? <laughs> I'm still working on the, you know, the natural... It's more organic. about the rhythm. Yeah, it's not the words yeah. so much. It's the rhythm. Um, okay. I'm Good. doing well, thank you. It's um, Good. it's our last day here in level three lockdown, um, oh, which tomorrow bitches. becomes level two, at least in every place that isn't Auckland, unfortunately. Um, which means we are back to eating in restaurants and cafes, and gyms are opening, and schools are opening, and that sort of thing. So it's um, yeah, it's been a fairly successful um, siege against against the Delta variant over here. And unfortunately, Auckland will be there for a, probably another couple of weeks in the more intense lockdown because there are still new cases coming there. But the rest of the country will uh, we'll keep keeps, uh, keep returning to normal. Well, good on you. I'd, I'd bloody kill to have a, have a burrito in a gym oh, right now. Yeah, what. same time. I have seen photos that you've sent me from the gym. Dumbbell mm. in one arm, burrito in the other. And you just yeah. kept smacking yourself in the face with the dumbbell as you tried to go for a bite and forgot which hand was which. It's again, it's all about the rhythm. It's about the rhythm. You gotta have yeah. back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And then that, the hard thing is <laughs> yeah. when you gotta switch arms so that you 
you know, you're equally balanced. That just throws it all off. You get um, it. Yeah, I feel for you guys. Poor Vic. Yeah. I really do. Victoria did it all right. They stuck by the national plan. They tried to eliminate. They suffered for six lockdowns now, and then it 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 get take, gets then, taken away from you. And then they were like, "All right, we're get, we're 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 kind of given up on the whole. This is we're in a, we're in week six of a snap lockdown. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah, but the, yeah, they've kind of given up on the whole." Um, it's just vaccinations now. I moved my vaccination appointment, my second AZ shot, up uh, a couple of weeks, so I'm getting. I'll be fully vaxxed next Friday. Oh yeah, nice. What was so, the thought behind that? Just because well, you'd already waited a couple of months. They they and they made a um. What are the? I can't remember. I think it was yeah. It was the state government. They were like, you can, if you've had one shot of AstraZeneca, you can move it to now a six week window. Um. And I, I'm already at eight Two months or weeks. Something, sure, yeah. So the next available appointment was next week. So I was just like, "Fuck it, I'll do it." You know, I'd rather just see these vaccination numbers go up, even though I'm just like one person. But also, like, I check the the exposure list sites every day. I've got like a a tweet alert thing for this. Um, this tweet bot thing that does this exposure thing. And it's just, I just feel like it's a, it's a numbers game at the moment. Like you're bound to, you're just bound to get exposed to this thing. I feel like at this rate, I mean, we've got 250 cases a day at the moment. Yeah. Some of the places that I go to, you know, every two days, once every two days, they're popping up, you know, once a week. So I thought, you know, fuck it, I'll just get because it takes two two weeks or so to get to for that second jab to really take effect. Yeah. So I don't know. I just want to. I just want to get it over and done with. I'm just getting impatient, so that's why. Yeah. Well, I think that's reasonable. I mean, uh, two months is surely a, a long time for it to have brewed into the body and you know, like done its done its business and and prepped for the second jab to have that stronger re- response. So I, you know, I'm no yeah. scientist, but. At the end of the day, what's the difference between nine weeks and twelve weeks? You know, as a as a numbers game, as a percentage game, how much more protected are you going to be? Uh, as exactly. you say, if you're all walking get... around in the community and likely to encounter someone who had it, surely getting that second dose earlier is is more protection than the end of five percent you might have got by waiting yeah. a week later or two weeks later. Yeah, and we're all. I mean, the booster shots are going to come up soon, and like, I don't know. I just feel like this, all this, we'll look back on all this like Pfizer versus AstraZeneca bullshit that's going on. And there's a lot of bullshit going on with like, you know, people feeling like there's, there's like an elite kind of vaccine and, or there's a premium vaccine and AstraZeneca is not that, which is kind of bullshit. Yeah. And, and, and I think I I saw something the other day that said that um, the, Durate the effectiveness, the the efficacy of AstraZeneca actually kind of catches up to Pfizer over the time, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, we're just we're gonna get boosted with Moderna, whatever. It's we'll look back on this as all just silly bullshit. I think all this. Oh, I got the I got the AstraZeneca. Well, I I um, you, but... I can't remember if I said this in a podcast previously, but I posted a um, I got my first jab picture on my Facebook. And I just yeah. Googled 
uh, like within Facebook, you know, the gift search thing, I just like found a jab, like a um, syringe thing and a friendly, I got the jab thing and I put the, and I searched Pfizer and I got a Pfizer thing and stuck it on there. And I got a message from someone um, who responded, who was like, oh, you're going to make a lot of people upset, man. I was like, really? Why? I was just like, I flexing in the mirror and posted that I got the jab. You know, how's that going to put anyone? Mate, those uh, those guns are going to put those guns away, mate. There's, there's kids around. <laughs> that that might have been the undertone there. But he was like, oh, there's a lot of um, consternation in Australia because people have been waiting for Pfizer and, and people are going to think that you're bragging that you got Pfizer versus, you know, the AstraZeneca or anything like that. I was like, I didn't realize that was even... Nah, like a, a, a timbre of, of the Australian discussion, you know, like the this one is more elite than the other one. But I think you're right. Like other people have told me about how that is a dynamic over there. And like I would have taken whatever vax they had here. It's just this was what we have, you know. Um, yeah. But I think you're totally right that this discussion when ultimately they're both within, you know, a, a percentage point here or there, the same efficacy and the same safety it, it's all going to be fairly meaningless. Yeah. Meaningless. Yeah, can't wait. Do you want to? What? When do you reckon we'll be like? The world will be back to normal. Like, if you make a prediction right now. Like, I mean, when when we <laughs> sincerely like go a couple of weeks without even thinking about COVID. Yeah. Twenty twenty seven. What? That's six years away, Nick. I had to do some quick math there. Um, really? I feel like, yeah. okay, so let's think about like the rollouts here. We've got another good year globally before vaccination can really cover all the areas, right? Everywhere. In that yeah. time, there's more variants and that kind of thing happening there might be more lockdowns to stop certain things. America is just running amok in, in its insanity, right? Like they've really slowed down when it came to vaccination rates and all that kind of thing. Um, uh, I saw a, a graph just this week saying that in terms of a per hundred people of population, um, Australia and New Zealand, their peak rates of vaccination per hundred people of population is almost double that of what the US has been able to achieve. And they had such a head start on mm. the supply of vaccines, but they just never got in as many arms and have really struggled now to overcome that political issue where it's like, I'm not getting vaxxed. Um, yeah, but- you, could, you could predict that because Americans have... It's, Americans, um, more of them are libertarians. They They hate the idea of... More Americans hate the idea of government. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least government. Well, it's just, it's so you know, poli- like being involving themselves in your life. Yeah, it's so politicized over there as well. Even with the mask wearing, you know, like oh, yeah. so we could talk about that forever. But I, I just think it is worth reflecting on the the successes that Australia and New Zealand, despite the slow starts, now have in terms of the um, speed with which they're putting it in arms. Um, anyway, with all that mm. said. I feel like you're at least a year away from um, from a significant proportion of, of the world being vaxxed. You're probably then talking about boosters, as you say, to deal with the variants that come up. You've got at least a couple of years worth of, like, this is your annual flu jab, or this is your three-monthly 
or six monthly booster and getting that to a point where there's enough international supply so that it's not giving a third shot to some places when the first shot hasn't arrived in Africa or whatever. And then you've got this kind of cautious lull for a few couple of years. Like if it's sort of vaguely under control and maybe you get little pockets of of things appearing, but it sort of we're working out what the new normal looks like where it's most of the population is protected, but now you might have to shut a school or a city for a week or two, but everyone sort of knows how to deal with it. And, oh, we remember last winter when that happened? You know, it just becomes a little bit more of a seasonal flu. And then, like, give it a couple of years after that for the next climate catastrophe or terrorist attack or significant international war or scandal or something to drag attention away. Um, and then you I'm can leave. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you're probably in a place where it's like 2026, 2027, where you're, you're like, uh, don't have to think about it anymore. Fuck me, dude. We'll be, we'll be nearing our 40s then yeah before fuck and yeah like the fucking variants like it's hard to it's hard to discern what is just media kind of drum up drumming trying to drum up hype but you hear these reports of like new variants being discovered and it's even more you know deadly than what we've got now and it's like yeah my my impulse and is the same now as it was before covid took over everyone's lives which was uh it's just you know i think i even said it on this podcast yeah uh there's just the fucking media trying to make a story out of nothing you know um which i still kind of feel but then it makes me think oh i had that thought last time and i was so wrong yeah that maybe you know i don't you know what you know what, like covid these days my my whole view of the world has completely changed over the last yeah. 18 months and it's connected it is directly related to covid but it's not just about, about covid it's, yeah it's not just about covid it, it's i used to think that everything would kind of work out or you know things are people have have control or at least the governments have control over certain things because we never had anything in our lives before that really that we lived through that made us think otherwise like our parents you know maybe maybe the boomers didn't really have that either but at least they had their parents live through the war yeah live through both wars and the depression maybe and so it was kind Boom, of still boomers had that sort there. of hippie era right like they had the vietnam war and the and depending on on where you came up you know you had the aids crisis and that kind of thing but you're right sure. it wasn't these huge um global events as much right yeah and i i just feel like my like i just feel like everything now is so fragile whereas before i thought everything was in place and would be and would work out and i had quite a optimistic view of the world and i'm not saying i'm I'm a pessimist now but i definitely don't have i definitely am not an optimist with regards to you know it's made me recon made me take way more seriously you know climate change and global warming um just because bad things can happen in the world and they have happened 
Well, and, and, and I, you can't trust that the people, quote unquote, in power at, at the top are going to do like the obvious or the best or the soonest or the, you know, the smartest thing, right? Yeah. And I And maybe that's like somewhat of a privileged position to even be in at 30 years old where you're just like, oh, the world's kind of... But, 32. Bad. Well, okay, thanks, mate. But I was fucking 30-ish when <laughs> yeah, COVID sure. happened. All sure. right. Uh-huh. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for the fact check. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, thought sorry. you were trying to sneak under the radar. You were just trying to delete a couple of years off off the old um, odometer there. <laughs> well, as, a th- I mean, as a 29-year-old, I have just learned that the world is not what I thought. <laughs> Be a good way to do it. Just slip it in on a really serious point where the point's too serious to interrupt. You're like, oh. yeah. but yeah, um, yeah, not yeah. I don't know. Has it has has it affected you in in a similar way, or did you always kind of know that? Something? It does make me more depressed about climate change. I mean, we, we, that's that's the big catastrophe that's looming right like i don't know what things are like in australia at the moment obviously there were those huge bushfires um, very recently which did significant Mm. you know amount of devastation but there have been floods all over new zealand and crazy storms you look at america right now philadelphia just flooded you know the tornadoes ida just ripped through a whole bunch of places like it is happening right now yeah and the tripping over our own dicks factor of the COVID response and the stupidity in terms of people's reluctance to do a, a thing that is mildly inconvenient for themselves for the greater communal good does really sour my optimism towards ever getting to a point where people are going to proactively fix the climate change problem. You know, it's just, it is yeah. disheartening. Well- that's that's the other thing that that I think about a lot with COVID is that if you're writing this as a movie, so say COVID never actually existed, but where this is a movie, you're writing a you know a script where where a virus kind of took over the world. One thing that wouldn't occur to me, and maybe it would occur to you because you're a good good writer, um, but like the the denial of it still baffles me and. And you said before that, like the people not wanting to suffer the inconve- the mild inconvenience of it, but that's not how how they look at it. In terms of getting the vaccine, they either don't believe that COVID exists, or they don't, or they believe that vaccines will do more harm than good, and that this is part of some larger uh, plan to have the governments control them. So it's. I don't think they're feeling inconvenienced. But. The inconvenience thing I think was referring more to like the ma- uh, mask mandates and that kind of stuff than the vaccination, right. like mild right. stuff like that, where it's like, oh, can you just? Sure. Would you mind putting a small piece of fabric in front of your face when you go yeah. out into a communal area? Uh, right, like right. that. That side of it, less than the the vaccine side. Um, yeah. But yeah, I. I I think my parents, because um, I was chatting to them over the weekend, they also had a, um, they were talking about the past 18 months and their revelation that, um, as they put it, um, the, like the world is way 
dumber than they thought it was. <laughs> just like, yeah. just the average um, response, I suppose, nation to nation, but also just within society, the people who are so um, misinformed as to the scientific method, as to who to trust in terms of media, in terms of all of these factors, uh, the, the takeaway has been like, yeah. oh God, people are a lot just less educated than you really hope. Yeah. Oh, well, I was I was speaking to a friend. We were playing poker with a, a friend who who works as um, an engineer, and he works closely with a lot of like construction guys. And not to, you know, paint everyone with a broad brush here, but he was saying that there is a significant um, number of this particular in- men in this particular industry who uh, are the ones kind of propagating this shit in terms of um vaccine uh conspiracies covert conspiracies uh complete completely non-compliant with lockdowns yeah masks all that shit and he reckons it's because and this i don't know this is gonna say this is it this is not me saying this but yeah, this i think it's opinion a, it's a, a hearsay you know yeah uh, he reckons these are guys that aren't particularly bright and they've been told that they are They've never been the smart guys in the room, like in, in, in high school or in school, they didn't go to university and now they feel like they're like co- quite cocky. They've got a bit of money um, and they feel that this is, this is a, a way for them to like gain, contr- gain their control back in terms well, they're, of they're, you know, i mean we've talked about the conspiracy mindset in, in podcast past as well and one of those mm. aspects which you just touched on was the idea of feeling like you're in a in a um in an elite right like in a in a secret group that knows a truth that others don't feeling better right. than other people and the appeal is like being on the in and knowing something others don't and i think that's yes, totally exactly. valid i think what you said you yeah. know whether or not it's about the money or the or the labor or, or the position or, or you know it could be applicable to any of those those contexts but but the idea of yeah. like i know something that you don't and i'm i'm smarter because i've found this out and i've figured it out and I'm, you know, with a group of like-minded individuals who know this as well, uh, yeah. is a very alluring mindset. And it's also why you see people in their deathbeds, like literally in hospital, lying there, refusing to go on ventilators, refusing to um, uh, accept that they even have COVID because it, it requires a complete deconstruction of identity, <laughs> it, it, like a complete admission that you were had, that you weren't smart, that you didn't... Yeah. Um, know what you were talking about and the the ego death of that choice is far worse you know in, in their perce- perception than the actual death they're about to suffer it is harder for them yeah. to to admit they were wrong than it is to get the help they need to live you know it, it is it's completely tribal like we are it's being part of a tribe and and wanting to stick to your beliefs rather than you know, give up your beliefs. It's it's why it's so hard to convince religious people. You know, it's it's essentially the same thing. You know, conspiracy theorists essentially act uh, in the same way that religions do. Yeah, it's it's access to a, a fount of knowledge that you that um, guides the way you make your choices and and your 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 morality. Right, even if it's not, even if we don't call the 
um, decisions about vaccines and stuff, morality. It's it's influencing your behaviors in society, right? Yeah, and and it, they it only works to reinforce. I mean, it's 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 there's martyrdom as well. I mean, the more they're persecuted, the more they're called. This is why calling vaccine uh, anti-vaxxers stupid doesn't work because you're basic they become more entrenched in their own beliefs in the same way that you know any religious figure or historical religious figure in the past that was persecuted for their beliefs only works to entrench them and their followers even further in their beliefs it doesn't work the only thing that works is act if anything works is trying to talk reasonably sensibly and actually listening to what they have to say because and, and taking a and you and lending a compassionate ear even though it's difficult but some of this stuff from their perspective if you believe all this bullshit if you believe that the government has this grand idea to control you and put microchips in your arms and, and to control the population that way there are things out there that does make it seem like that. If you are already looking at the world through that lens, you can find that evidence. So it's not that they're... I mean, it it is dumb in a way, but I don't, I don't think it means that people are necessarily dumb. They're just, they're just mis, they've just been completely misled and they've been deluded like, you know, people that followed L. Ron Hubbard or... The Jonestown massacre guy. I mean, we you know, know the just... um, the no the, the other the most effective way to get someone who's an anti vaxxer to to take the vax is an in group um, uh, referral. Someone who they looked up to, someone who was an authoritative figure within that circle, who then comes out and says, "I got it, and here's why." It's only right. then when they have the cover of another person in that group stepping out and saying, "Actually, I did get it." that it allows them right. the leeway to, to, to also change their views on it. Um, so it's quite a difficult thing for outsiders to really achieve. Um, yeah. it, it, this is a, a, a tangent, um, but do you know um, where the original um, concerns about vaccinations and autism came from? Bondi Beach. Bon- Bondi Beach? Isn't it Bondi? No, sorry, not Bondi Beach. Ah, fuck. Um, what I'm what I'm talking about was not a setup for a joke. It was the actual. Where did this start? Uh, the actual cause of this concern. Um, it was an article in the Lancet, a quite esteemed publication. Um, I came across this um, only recently, but I found it kind of amazing. Um, so there's a, a, a doctor called Andrew Wakefield who published a study in the Lancet medical journal in February 1998, proposing a link between the vaccine and autism. Um, later, The Lancet retracted this claim and apologized. So the the former surgeon, Andrew Wakefield, whose campaign linking the vaccine for mumps and uh, measles and rubella to autism was paid more than £400,000 by lawyers trying to prove the vaccine was unsafe. Um, and the children in the study used as evidence against the vaccine were also claimants in the lawsuit. So the, these kids had basically cited a study as evidence that the autism 
had been caused by a vaccine and the study was funded by the lawyers representing the kids. Um, so it was a complete uh, hatchet job effectively um, to try and boost their own legal success. But this mm. campaign led by Wakefield caused immunization rates in the UK to slump from 92% to 78.9%. Um, so he almost single-handedly created this myth um, and and started this whole international concern off the back of just some dodgy um, lawyer stuff. Um, so this this came out in 2006 by the looks of it. But I had never heard really this this origin story of where it all all began which was just <laughs> just dodgy lawyers pumping money in to try and prove a, a point and and win a case brilliant i mean that's good marketing and that they they did they were successful well that's the thing like now 20 years later what's the cost of um cost of that initial lie right They're billions billions of dollars being you know millions of lives right i wonder if there were like what how many anti-vaxxers there were in like the 20s and stuff after um the flu when they got a flu, when they first got the flu vaccine and or smallpox and whatever do you reckon yeah i mean there was probably some skepticism but also i think the opposite may have been true and and this is this is half hazy recollection and half possibly just complete invention. But um, I have a sense that because people were living through the visible effects of yeah. it and they saw what mumps did to people or measles did to people, uh, what polio did to people, they, they knew people that have it, they knew the lives they lit and, and the visible evidence of it taking friends, family and, and, and stuff around them. I think yeah. there was a lot of enthusiasm for a vaccine because it was like, well, I don't want to get that. Give me the jab. And now, unfortunately, we've lived through an era in which no one has suffered these weird and horrible diseases until we got to a point where everyone didn't believe it was even really a risk and we <laughs> stopped taking yeah. it again. But aren't people seeing their friends and family? I mean, I still don't know anyone that's gotten COVID, but aren't people seeing, you know, the effects of COVID on their friends and family enough to take the vaccine? Is it, or is it just not strong enough? I don't know. I guess it's the, the who do you trust thing, right? The irony of it all is that the people who are not willing to take the vaccination, who are not believing that it's a real thing, they're the ones who are getting it and dying. There's been a parade well, of right-wing talk show and, and radio hosts in the US just dying just one after the other these past couple of weeks. Like three weeks ago saying, I am refuse to you know take the jab. I'm not going to be subjugated by the you know new government um reich and then dying in hospital it like there's been yeah dozens of them <sighs> there's a term that's been used here a bit lately which is that covid will become the pa pandemic of the un unvaccinated and it was an interesting term for me to hear and i th because it's you it didn't occur to me that, that that's what it would become like yeah. the the pandemic would exist amongst people who didn't want to take the vaccine that to me is i mean it's like it's great irony but it's also it's yeah it's kind of sad like they they uh 
refuse and I and here's the other thing like I don't feel morally comfortable saying that everyone needs to get the vaccine I think it should be an individual choice um but the fact of the matter is that you're not going to be able to do anything at least not in Australia you're not going to be able to do anything you're not going to be able to get on a plane you're not going to basically go to a pub you're not going to go to the zoo you're not going to go to the concerts bars concerts um and so the world around you will change and you won't have access to it anymore yeah i mean make what you will of it like i mean what what's your feeling on on mandating vaccines well it's interesting because in a way uh, is this not a a huge darwinism study right like it is it totally is it is a exactly do you save yourself or not kind of thing right exactly yeah and i mean uh, there are the the sympathy needs to lie with those who for medical reasons cannot be vaccinated who have diseases or illnesses who can't take the vaccine who are too young you know we're seeing babies over there was a baby here that had covid um, in our lockdown um Sympathy needs to really... I bet I refused to wear a mask when I went to the shops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was wearing a placard as well. Um, the <laughs> um, sympathy needs to lie with them because it is the behaviour of those who could but refuse to, who are being mm. selfish and forcing those who are vulnerable into the same hell that they are in, right? Like where if, if mm. the 98% of people who could be vaccinated were vaccinated those who couldn't could could return to a normal life, right? There wouldn't be right. rampant community outbreaks. You could sort of get back to what it was. Mm. Unfortunately, there is going to be this, this um, small but not insignificant minority of people who are validly incapable of, of having that protection whose lives are now, you know, completely up in the air indefinitely because society is not yet fixed for them and it's the consideration for those that bracket of people that draws me closer to a vaccine mandate because if you're talking about the freedoms of people to live a fair and and you know safe life then i think you need to weigh up those who cannot safely take a vaccine and and thus are stuck in their houses for eternity against those who refuse to do it for anti-vax grounds or government overreach grounds but who can still go about and live their lives and Mm. i i i think i i think there is something to be said for a social ostracization ostracization um of of those who refuse to do it through the mechanism of well, you can't get in on a plane, you can't travel, you need a um, passport, you can't get into the supermarket without wearing a mask, you can't go to the sports group without you know, a vaccine to get people over that line so mm. that those who cannot can return to a normal life. So they just ba- they basically have society turning their back on them. Yeah, you got to shun, shun it. And... and, and mm. Yeah, it's thinking about the like I said, it's thinking about the people who can't 
return to normal without it that gets me closest to saying, well, everyone just has to have it. But I think I'm with you that I think ultimately there is a line where the government can't, shouldn't be able to uh, mandate medical choices to people. Um, uh, mm. then, then you do cross into lines where it's like abortion's illegal. Well, you know, I believe that that should be your choice. So, um, you should allow people to make those choices for yourself in that same vein. I think it's yeah. hypocritical to not say, well, the vaccination should be your choice. It's just, yeah. you've just got to weigh up that social cost, right? Are there, is there anything the government mandates that you do medically right now? Well, you what you said just then made me think that they mandate that you can't put certain things into your body. So I guess that's on that's the true. other side of, of and that. And that is for social benefit, right? Theoretically, mm. you can't yeah. put meth in your body because you might go and stab someone or rub a bank and, you know, or drive impaired, or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, or... Yeah, it's a, it's a burden to the health system, I guess, as well. Yep. I think yeah. that's still a negative, though. That's, that's still a, you can't put this in rather than you must put this in, right? Yeah, that is different. You must, yeah. Um, I mean... Some would argue you must, fluoride... You must wear a seatbelt. Yep, or fluoride in the drinking supply. Seatbelt is is kind mm. of like well you don't have to drive if you don't want to wear a seatbelt you don't have to get yeah. in a car. Um, fluoride in the the water, that's the government mandating that you take a chemical for your own benefit. What's fluoride? Is that for your teeth? Yeah, teeth. Huh. But there are people who have have issues with fluoride in the water. There's no fluoride over here because. New Zealand water is so special that we can't put stuff in it to keep your teeth healthy. It annoys me, yeah. but um, yeah. Yeah, we, we drink, I think we can buy the water from that trickles down from New Zealand New Zealand glaciers. Yeah. Uh, we pay for five bucks a bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where do you stand on the vaccine mandate? Do you feel like it's ever something that's, that deserves to be considered? I think I just, I feel morally uncomfortable with doing that, but I do think that the kind of, yeah, the society kind of limiting the access of people who choose not to be vaccinated, I think is not appropriate. It's a very tricky thing to to um to regulate uh, and it's a very tricky question um but and it, it, it's just about finding the balance um well, well the, the other thing as well is that you know one of those freedoms that people are going to be really looking to is international travel right and that brings you into the realm of uh what is it 100 how many countries are there 200 countries 220 countries 300 this was in trivial pursuit the other day so i should know i think it's three. Oh, let's both guess let's both guess oh i don't just look it googled up yet. it i've just googled um i i said Did it was like 220 it? that was my guess okay i'm guessing no i'm guessing 180 okay oh you're close 195 yes that was from trivial pursuit yeah good job um 
uh, uh, that brings you into the realm of 195 different governments, right? Each of whom might have different uh, mandates as to what is necessary to enter their country. Some of which mm. will be vaccine passport related. Like if you want to come to X, you need to have proof of your jab. Um, and yeah. each of those can have different countries will have different policies and different decisions as to what's expected of their society. So if you want to get out there into the world, there's every chance that you're going to have to um, deal with that requirement or be limited to the subset of countries that don't require vaccination, all of which mm. seem more likely to be rife with disease and, and you know, economic problems or whatever. It, it, I, I'm inclined to, to say that the types of people that don't want the vaccine are also the types of people that probably won't want to travel. But fair. I think that there is a, there is a, a significant uh, amount of people that, that are anti-vaxxers or at least anti, um, or anti COVID in some way. So I think there's more COVID people than, than anti-vaxxers. The term anti-vaxxer before COVID, you used to be able to, to kind of laugh off a little bit. You'd hear it in the news. You'd hear that there'd be like mums that didn't want their child vaccinated. That's when it came up before. And now I think it has permeated to a larger, uh, you know, percentage of the population. Yeah. Um, to take one step back here, we talked previously about how your realization over the past 18 months was the world is not as capable or humanity is not as capable of self-preservation as we thought that governments were not mm. as good at managing crises and that the humans involved were just as likely to make dumb, uh, you know, unscientific mistakes as they were act to act competently. Where does this position you? This is, this is a, this is a big picture question now. Where do you now sit on the idea of an international unified government? Like a, okay, well, let's jump 200 years to the future, the sci-fi future. There is no, mm -hmm. there are not nation states anymore. There is one humanity led by the, the government for all, the United Nations of all or something like that. Where yeah. do you sit now on the concept of, uh, I suppose democratic competence governments uh, sorry governance and governments um what's what's the likelihood that you think a single international unified body would be able to handle this better than a hodgepodge of 195 different countries well i think ideally you that sounds that makes a lot of sense like having a global government um but i we just have i think the further that humanity goes on um progresses well maybe not even progresses just goes on will become more and more homogenized in terms of culture you know skin color whatever and I think that could become more of a, um, a a viable option for us. And if we discover that there's life elsewhere or we get visited 
by another civilization, then I think the idea of a global government would make a lot more sense. But at the moment, there's the world is so like I or I have I have always thought about this that I find it strange that you know if sometimes if I go for a hike that there's like fencing there that I can't climb over or barbed wire fencing and stuff. I'm like, this is the fucking world. Like I should be able to go wherever I want, you know, obviously that's silly in practical terms, but in idealistic terms, it makes sense. Everyone should be allowed to go wherever they want. It's the planet earth. No one, no one really owns stuff, you know, the concept of owning stuff isn't real, you know, but as we're seeing now with Afghanistan, you know, there are so many parts of the world that just fundamentally disagree and they're so different and they might as well be other planets. Uh, so I think we're, we're so long off this, uh, this, I, this homogeneity um, that I think will be inevitable to a certain degree. But uh, I think we need like a, like a external global threat to really get us together now uh dick cheney and george bush if you're listening don't get any ideas okay no 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 (laughs) don't don't try and you know create a comet to draw you know we 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 saw what you did with the last time with 9-11 okay but i think we kind of do need a an external threat i mean you could argue that that's global warming but people don't agree on global warming we need we need a comet in the sky we need a meteor i don't know what the difference is between a comet and a meteor we need a a ball of fire in the sky coming towards us for us all to kind of become earthlings rather than australians new zealanders afghanis whatever i think as a as a big picture um uh, State of the Union. I think you're totally right, but but in terms of this specific issue, do you think that one unified government would have been able to handle COVID? Do you think, like you know, we've known certain countries with a certain unified um, democracies, like New Zealand has has benefited, I think, from one person, one government being at the top and controlling the entire country and its rollout and its you know border policies and its immunization plan and all that kind of thing whereas places like the u.s and and Mm. australia who've had different democracies have struggled do you think that in a conceptual realm where 2019 happens but there is one government do you think globally that we would be better off or would it be the same okay so the problem is that we were just we didn't we were working COVID out as we went along, so that's that's part of the reason why we don't why everyone doesn't agree on everything. If we got all the scientists together, the top scientists from all over the world together to exactly work out this is what will stop infection spreading, this is how we stop hospitalization, blah blah blah. I think yeah, that could work. But we're still kind of just... I feel like we're still in the working it out phase. Do you think, though, that it would have been a stronger... Would it have tamped down some of the scepticism having one 
one organization across it all? Or do you think that there is an, a fundamental scale problem here where the human mind, mm. the, the, the physiology of the, the human species is such that our capacity to appreciate the size of our surroundings is, is still tribal, is still 200 people, it's still our, our local circumstances. And that even if we all ultimately said, you know, voted in the international election and, and there was one leader of, of the world that, you know, when Wuhan gets this weird flu, Michael in, in Melbourne, you know, thousands of kilometres away, still has a degree of difficulty accepting the reality of that issue. Yeah, I don't know. It's a great question. I mean, look at who. I guess that's kind of the closest thing we've got. And they've, they've, their trust has been eroded. Like, no one trusts who. Well, yeah, coming off the back of the, the Chinese um, cover up feels like the a, a very aggressive statement of it but their, their, their unwillingness to to be to, probe, to cooperate yeah. with the international um uh, investigations and 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 reveal what was going on as early as it happened certainly did make it difficult for that that trust to be built yeah but yeah, i i think this is it's a it's a it's a nice what do you think I feel like look we're in, we're in we're in old history now. I feel like if you have one international oversight I feel like there has to be some benefits to that process because in terms of resources as you say it's all going through one system in terms of work and co coordination and and um, scientific research it's all coming through one system and then you have a better chance of being aware of and up to date on the situation in a way that hopefully prepares the rest of the world and earns a degree of empathy between you know us in the Australia state and New Zealand state for our Chinese brethren, you know our friends, the Chinese, the 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 members of the human race just around you know on the other side of the globe that are suffering, mm. and potentially makes us more willing to be proactive or or communal or protective of others, such as we can do our best to stop COVID earlier and, and more effectively like i i feel like in this conceptual world there is an innate sense of a greater unity is i guess what i'm getting at and perhaps right. with that sense of greater global unity where you're all just humans there might be a little bit more social willingness to do the things necessary to stop covid that's a better right. a better summary yeah. of what i was getting at no i feel i feel i think it's yeah yeah yeah. Well, I don't know. Did did we save the world? I think every week we save the world, Michael. <laughs> and we only record once a fortnight, so <laughs> yeah. how does that work? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my show got picked up. Yeah. 
Yes, it did. Um, that's fucking amazing. It is very, very crazy. But um, yeah, Good Grief is getting a second season. And it's happening with AMC in America. AMC Networks uh, will be... Mad Men? Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Walking Dead, uh, Hold and Catch Fire is a good one. Uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of good That's AMC Networks products. Um, the big boys, Nick. Yeah. And girls. So girls our, um, our, our show, first season, is going to be streaming on Sundance Now, which is their streaming service. Um, our second, uh, our first season will be airing on IFC, um, which is again, one of the sister channels of AMC networks and our second season is being funded by them outright. So they've, they've picked up a second season and, and we'll be writing that this year and shooting it next year and hopefully out next year as well. Hell yeah, dude. First two, two questions. Yeah. Can you give can you give the uh, deep foot faithful a little a little tease on on what's you know where where you gonna where you gonna go where you're gonna you know just maybe even a spoiler just throw in a spoiler and second question which is a bit more serious did this season get picked up did the second season get picked up because it of what the critical reception or the numbers like uh, what's the what's the mechanics what's the kind of corporate mechanics behind this i'll answer your second question first uh it got picked up because they were already interested in the first season they'd licensed the first season to air and um basically our producers uh said hey do you want want to make more of it and they said yeah we're interested in that um so it came about because they already liked the first season that we made, as far as I understand it, which is very flattering and, and cool to think that that translates to, you know, quite a different um, comedic, yeah. uh, you know, like the American comedy style is not exactly identical to the New Zealand or Australian comedy no. style. So it's cool that there was something there that they saw that, that translated. Um, yeah, you've definitely done something right right there you know you've you've done you've kept your style in terms of humor i guess but there's something yeah i guess that proves that there's something universal there that um everyone can enjoy which i guess is you know uh, what you want or it could be the exact opposite it could be something different like if if the market is saturated with you know a whole lot of one thing then maybe what what appeals to a certain viewer or a certain audience is something that is a different flavor or a different speed or a different tone. So it could actually be that it there's enough commonalities that a joke's still a joke, but also that part of the appeal is the fact that it is a completely different look and feel than, than most of the other stuff airing. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it, either way, either way, you um, take it. Teasers for next year. Uh... Well, we're still right. We we haven't even really started writing. We're still overviewing. I would say, I can tell you fact. I can tell you a couple of factual things. Uh, longer episodes, so we're going to be at a full half oh. hour. Um, so, so they're uh, with ads. Do yeah, people factor yeah. in ads now? Yes, yeah, so, as so it would be like a TV half hour, like a twenty-five minute sort of length, not not a not a fifteen to twenty. Um, so more space for the side characters to breathe 
Um, Why do they fun. still factor in the ads if there's no real ads, if it's just going to be on streaming services? Well, not everywhere. So here in New Zealand, it'll probably be on TV. And IFC is a TV network over there, so that'll wear with ads, I assume, as well. So, um, you know. Um, I forget that people watch free-to-air TV. Yeah. Um, and in terms of s- s- plot stuff, something juicy just make something up they'll, they'll, they'll take anything i'll just say three words okay unexpected uh, alien invasion okay i think i know what that means okay <laughs> um and i love it i yeah. love it you, you so, know I've, you know my only criticism was there weren't was, enough there aliens. aliens yeah in the first season. And, and we got that from a lot of places, actually. <laughs> so we're trying to we're trying to, you know, skate to where the puck needs to be and um and more, more aliens. And and, and 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 right a few wrongs, I think. I would I fantasize about being in one of those like testing rooms, you know, when they show you like a movie and yeah. they test and focus it's groups. like in the two way glass. I meant yeah. uh, focus groups. Fuck, I would love to do that. I think I like to think that I would like fuck with them, but like you know, it's yeah. not. That's not fair. I um I think that the likelihood of you being in a focus group is possibly not that high. So, Why? just in terms of you're a white man, they're probably not looking for your perspective on the you know. The, the... Every no, that's not right. Why is that? Everyone not right? wants well. This is fundamentally wrong. I am a white man. Uh-huh. Therefore, they want my perspective. Mm, I think there's I think there's Nick, a lot. There's... I have a podcast. I have a podcast. <laughs> That's true. That's Why true. do you they think, would, do you think they would bring you in for a podcast uh, perspective? Everyone wants to hear what I have to say all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all of the time. <laughs> That's fair. Um yeah. But yeah, that's a that's a that's the exciting, the exciting news. More good grief is coming, and um, and thank you to anyone who has checked out the first season because uh, it it helped it helps it helps us keep making more. Thank thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this, uh, plenty of uh, great episodes Gonna out piss. there for you. Okay. Plenty of great episodes out there for you to also enjoy. You can find them at deepfort.podbean.com. Nope. You know where to go. Or you can just scroll down on the uh, podcast player feed of your choice. There are links and articles and photos and news on the Facebook page. There's twitter.com if you want some updates when an episode goes live. There's Instagram if you want photos or little bonus clips from episodes we couldn't fit in the edit. There's SoundCloud if you want to look at our Christmas carols from past years or enjoy a jingle again. And you can always send us a question or a comment to deepfort at gmail.com and we'll read it in our mailbag segment, uh, which is quite popular with the ladies. Uh, And thank you very much to Michael for returning after forcing me to pad that out. I think you did a good job. Thank Uh, you. I always like like it when you say for the ladies. Um, (laughs) Never, never sounds right. My pee, my urine, is like radioactive green right now. I've been taking these multivitamins. You ever taken a multivitamin, my man? Um, (laughs) Well, (laughs) 
can we even talk about this on air? I have taken taken I've taken a multivitamin before. Well, it is it's something. I don't know even know if they work, but um, you know, I feel good. You know, I've been not I've been not drinking for two weeks. Yeah. And I feel like a million dollars. I have so much energy right now at the moment that um I thought, you know what, fuck it, throw a multivitamin in there as well while I'm on this health kick. And uh, no side effects so far. So, and it's it's funny that your well. that your pee is like the traffic light system, where yellow is like caution, red is okay. There's something seriously wrong, and you're in green right now, which is actually <laughs> full steam ahead. <laughs> well, that's how it works though, because if you're just you, there's so much vitamins. Look, I'm not a scientist, <laughs> but there's so much said, vitamins. I, there's so much. <laughs> vitamins in your in these tab <laughs> fucking hell in these tablets and they're big tablets as well and they smell you got it so it's like eating a foot long sub it is like a foot long sub they're shaped like a mini foot long sub mini foot long sub that's something <laughs> mini foot long sub. <laughs> um, um and you've got you, you get too much too much vitamins fuck it in these things that your, why do you keep bo- saying your too body much vitamins can you please say too many vitamins it's just i'm starting to worry that you don't know that it is too many vitamins i don't know too many doesn't sound right because it's it's a one vi- it's a one tablet but there's many vitamins in the in the tablet so there's too much you, but a, you just said vitamins. there's many vitamins in the tablet you just prove my point by trying to prove your point but but you're taking one tablet, so you would say I'm taking too much of this tablet, but there's too many vitamins or too much. Yeah, okay, I see your point. <laughs> it's, a, it's anyway. A, I'm very glad that your pee is green. Yeah, well, sometimes it's not, and then that makes that tells me that you know I needed the vitamins, but usually I don't need any of them. No one has ever said make sure your pee is green. That's how you know you're healthy. That's just it's, they're putting too much vitamins in the pill, and there's excess mm. coming out in your urine. Yeah, but that's that's how it's, that's how it works. It's like this is not this is not even like a, a like a a natural green. This is like like lemon lime Gatorade. It's like <laughs> it's like cool it's cordial. N- yeah, it doesn't. It's it feels very strange. It feels like <laughs> you're peeing out some strange? sort of. When you look down at it, at your urine, <laughs> okay, and not, you pee that kind of physically. color, yeah, your your instinct is to be like, "Holy shit, I'm, I'm not of this world." <laughs> yeah, well, it, it you're treating it in the same way, like you want to have like a completely full pantry, right? Like this is you making sure your body has everything it could possibly need such that you have excess that it's like you're throwing just straight out the bin. This is you like filling up the swimming pool to the brim. So the moment you stick a toe in, it's just spilling all over the pave. Correct. That's exactly it. Well, um, good luck to you. I hope your kidneys survive. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I wish I had more egg news. Didn't get didn't get much feedback for my egg tip last week. It's because everyone knew it already. No, I don't think so. You were I think literally just the last person away. to know. I think they're just still recovering. 
Michael. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Shall we wrap this up with some weird news? But but, but not sad yes, news. Just happy weird news. Weird sad news? Nope. Not weird sad news. Just regular good old weird news. Pick me up. Like, oh, isn't that weird? Is it going to be sad? It won't be sad. Okay. Well, we'll see sure. how it goes. In the news today from the strange and weird fact file. Well, for decades, only crackpots and crazy people believed in UFOs. Deputies still say the suspect told them he's been performing sex acts on animals since the 1970s. I told about my close encounter with the Yeti. A sticky situation at an airport in Tennessee after baggage was Turns out, the government has been taking This is Deep Thought Weird News with Michael Zubarefkala Sludge. Okay, I've got two choices for you. It's up to you. These are, these are the these are your choices. You get to pick one weird news. Your uh-huh. choices are tiddlywinks or turtles. Tiddlywinks or turtles. Wow. Real Sophie's choice, this one. What's a tiddlywink? That's part of the... Is that a Teletubby? That's part of the... No, that's Tinky Winky. Um, that's part of the... Uh, the... <laughs> Part of the choice here is, is, do you want to know what a tiddlywink is? Isn't that interesting? Mm. Oh, isn't it fun to learn new things? Or the ever-reliable turtles. Turtles are cool. Isn't the tiddlywink like a, gay, like a straight man that you turn gay or something? You, it's like a sex thing. This feels like a sex thing, but again, you might have, let's to, go, let's... You might have to, to, to commit to find out. All right. Tiddlywink me. Okay, you're not allowed to say that to another grown man. Okay, <laughs> weird news. Uh, this is this is a bit of local weird news. I got I've, I've got who? a fresh I got a fresh bit of local weird news straight off the uh, off the mountainside here. You ready for this? Yep. I don't know why I said mountainside, so it's not actually mountain relevant. Here's the title okay. uh, from the esteemed publication in New Zealand, Stuff stuff.co.nz we've got a stuff headline here Sounds uh tiddlywink stuck up christchurch woman's nose for 37 years no idea what this means for most of her life hospital kitchen worker mary mccarthy often had a pain on the right side of her nose last year after an extremely painful covid19 test her nasal problems deteriorated that's poor phrasing because the problem deteriorating, it, it, it sounds like it's making it better, but it, it seems to have got worse. The reason became obvious on Thursday when a surgeon at Christchurch Hospital extracted a yellow tiddlywings piece 37 years after it was lodged in her upper nose as a child. The surgeon also removed calcified material that had grown around the counter. So... Tiddlywinks, which were developed in the uh, 1860s in England, are played with sets of small discs called winks. Players use a squidger to shoot a wink into flight and into a pot for points. So it was this kid's game where you'd shoot little discs using a widger and ping it into a pot. And she was playing... Uh, she's, uh, I'm googling tiddlywinks right Google now. Google tiddlywinks. McCarthy said she remembered playing tiddlywinks with her seven brothers and sisters and as an eight-year-old took the game on a tangent by putting one piece up each nostril and blowing them out to see how they'd go. One Raising time, mistakes, I get it. 
one time I accidentally inhaled one instead of blowing it out, and I was a bit too scared to tell my mother, so I didn't. I remember being terrified at the time, thinking, where has it gone? But not one to complain. She put put the accident at the back of her mind and carried on with life. I always had difficulties breathing through my nose over the years, but never gave it much thought. Last year, the problem took a turn for the worst. After the nasal swab, she was in pain for days and started developing serious sinus problems. My nose would be leaking constantly, and I was just in a lot of pain. She went to several general practitioners who put the nose down to chronic sinus condition. And then finally, she booked an appointment with a private doctor and went to go see an ENT in August. And then they did a CT scan and discovered the calcified object in her nasal cavity, put her under and extracted it through her mouth. So this woman had a a kid's uh, toy in her nose for 37 years and it had calcified in her sinuses. What does calcified mean? Uh, I think just become covered in like a... uh, Uh, Forget it. Okay. I don't want to know. (laughs) Um, I sympathize with this. I sympathize with this because I also used to um, shove things up my nose and other places as a child. Explains a lot. And I, thank you, and I also um, didn't want to tell my parents that I had done horrendous things. So I really feel for this woman. And I feel like it could have been me. What did you put up your nose or other places? Literally anything. Um, what lollies? I remember I used to do lollies, like milk bottles. I would just shove them so far up my nose. <laughs> um, wow. What else? Uh, de- definitely done a game piece or two. You know, my my sister's fingers. Oh yeah, you know, things like that. Dominoes. Kind of classic stuff. The pizza. Marbles. Um. <laughs> Mar- oh. I was a bit, yeah, I was a big marbles guy, big marbles guy back in the day. I, marbles was a, a was marbles. a mad fad in the nineties. Oh, and you were playing for keepsies as well. Do you ever play for keepsies? Yeah, yeah. I, I I remember going to the um, Imagine If the toy store and only shopping center and buying. I remember buying the store. bags of uh, of marbles, and then uh, they banned them at school because people were like getting upset when they lost or throwing them at people and hurting each other. Yeah, I I remember I remember the feeling of losing a marble, and I think it's it was my first. I think that's why I have you know gambling tendencies now, <laughs> because it was my. I remember the thrill, of, or maybe I was just a gambler from birth. Yeah, but I remember the thrill of getting a marble, but also the feeling of devastation when I lost one. And similarly with um. By the way, imagine if that's where I bought my first brain yo-yo. Oh, that only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you remember the brain yo-yo? Uh, was that the one that had the image of a brain on the side? Yeah, yeah. Um, was that where you I, where you brought your first Diablo as well? I I was never a Diablo guy. Oh, I, I really pegged you as a Diablo was... guy. Not because you were no. good at it, but because you really thought it would be cool and you wanted to be good at it. I did definitely want to be cool, yeah. but I did it in other ways. Okay. I did it in other ways. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but. What I was going to say, oh yeah, uh, about the um, the high stakes of um, childhood games. Uh, I remember I had Pokemon cards, uh, which I'm sure you did as well. And I had like a I had like a really good card. Maybe it was like a, it was like a really rare card. Like a, holo- 
holographic or like a Charizard. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was that the top one that you could get? It was one. I think it was a Charizard, unless there was like a higher one that you could get. It was like really. Anyway, and I made this deal with this kid, this other kid called Jordan, who is also Ukrainian. Not <laughs> relevant to the story at all. No, just, but, just a little uh, bit of flavor on the side. I traded him like one Charizard for like two lesser cards. And I was like, yeah, let's make this deal. And then as soon as I did it, I realized that it was the worst deal of all time. (laughs) And I started to cry and my dad came in and my dad was with his dad at the time. Oh, the Ukrainian thing came back because they're Ukrainian and Ukrainian guys just hang out. And he said, what's happened here? And I said, I said, dad, I'm devastated. I just lost my Charizard and an incredibly bad deal. And my dad was like, well, you know, this is a lesson that you will learn. And his Jordan's dad was like, no, Jordan, give him back the card. And my dad was like, no, no, he does not get his Charizard back. He needs to learn. And I did need to learn. I respect that parenting, but yeah. Can I, can I add a coda to that story? Um, Please do. 25 years later um please click the link that i'm posting in the facebook chat as we go and just Mm -hmm. uh react live as you open it up oh no are you joking 100 percent true what what have i just sent you nick's just sent me a eBay listing for a Charizard holo, uh, yeah, char- hologram card that is now going for eight hundred dollars. Yeah, those original series um, <sighs> Pokemon cards, very Why? very expensive. Very Why? expensive. What are people doing? Why is it very... expensive? Oh, look at look Silly. at this one here. How about we look at this one? Oh, look at this. Oh, this is bringing back some memories. Very, very expensive. It's a bit silly. I guess all art is silly, isn't it? It's like, why is one art thing worth like millions of dollars? It's like, it's not worth millions of dollars. It's just silly games that we're playing as humans. Oh, is this another one? Yeah. Oh boy, I'm not gonna like this. Charizard Hollow Pokemon card, nineteen ninety nine, unlimited base set, twelve hundred and seventy five dollars AU. Fuck me. Oh, sorry, I just saw another. One. I could have sent you a better one. Two thousand one hundred dollars. Oh god. So. Hope. Hope Jordan's kept it. <laughs> I bet he has. I bet he's had. It. I looked him up on Facebook the other day. He's got like, he's got. He looks like a classic Russian guy. He's got that that kind of short haircut, like shaved haircut at the back, and then like long in the front. You know that classic Russian guy haircut. And he's like, he's in the in the club with like two. Can you say, can you say skanky hose these days? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with uh, scantily clad honeys. Oh, God, that was <laughs> <worse>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ladies. 
Um, yeah, so can I you, bet uh, he has. I bet he's, I bet him, he's living it up in the club with my fucking Charizard money. Can you play? Can you message him right now, please? No. Can you just me- can you just add him as a friend and ask him <laughs> out of the blue? I, hey, mate, oh, do you still have my Charizard? Oh my god. Oh, we're already friends. <laughs> Great, perfect. Just send him a message. <laughs> Should I? Yeah, just send him a message. Hey, man, do you still have the Charizard I let you? All right, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, fuck, I hate this. Hey, man, do you still have my Charizard? <laughs> my Charizard. Um, Pokemon card. Should I just say my Charizard? Hey, man, do you still have my Charizard? Question mark sent. Okay. How long has it been since you've spoken to him? I've never spoken to him since. I don't think I've been I've spoken to him since. Twenty five years. Oh uh, yeah, at all yeah, I would have been twelve. Twenty Tw- years. Twenty years. Wow. All right. Well, good 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 conversation start of that one. Yeah. I think that uh, we are either going to do your service by getting you a potentially valuable Charizard back or finding a friend that you can delete off your Facebook friends. Um, well, yeah, I think I know it's, you like to do it's it on definitely going to be the latter. It's definitely going to be a unfriending immediately kind of situation <laughs> <laughs> on his part, probably, first. Because he's because he knows what he's done. Yeah, well, because he's like he's onto me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, honeys, get in the jet. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, honeys, you could never be a straight man. You know that? I, yeah, I've tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun times.